podcast listeners. Welcome to another episode of Podcast with Gautam and Jin. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Jin Fansty, and with me, as usual, is my co-host, Gautam Sivaj. And today, we're super excited to have Chris Volmar with us. So Chris is an IBM Certified IT Specialist and Storage Architect. He's focused on helping customers design solutions to support cyber resiliency on primary and backup data to complement their cybersecurity practices. He's an author of several IBM Red Books, an enterprise design thinking co-creator, and a frequent speaker at enterprise computing events. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. Hey, thank you very much. It's great to be here. Awesome. So I think there's sometimes a confusion uh, between the cybersecurity and cyber resiliency. So to open the podcast, I'd like to ask, can you speak to the difference between the two? Sure. And, and like this is something we, we have lots of conversations about. So cybersecurity being absolutely key and core and sort of fundamental to, to any IT environment's operation. How do you how do you look for malicious things? How do you block malicious things? How do you keep threat actors in? How do you trap and, and contain threat actors if they break through? All those are massively important things and, and you know stuff that, that I'm working with people every day around, you know adding more function into and, and certainly trying to develop capabilities around there. But the other side of that coin is the one that I would say is is neglected as much, but certainly we've seen a rise in popularity the last, I don't know, a couple of years, couple of three, five years. It's all about cyber resiliency. So if I think about cyber resiliency in that context, I look at it as you know complementary, kind of like that other side of the coin. The, the cyber resiliency part is, how do I protect the data in the event of a, a ransomware attack, a, a cyber threat, a, a, a internal malicious actor or an external malicious actor getting in either deleting data, corrupting data, encrypting data? You know, how do I come back up? You know, the, the biggest issue there is um, I can't use my traditional methods of protecting the data, things like data replication, things like backup, um, those type of things. They're not as effective because that data has either been corrupted, deleted, um, encrypted. So I need to think about building out ways that I've got a, a resiliency capability to return to service, to, to be able to protect the data um, and bring it back into service if something bad happens. And like the the real, you know, the real hard part and the real tough part of the, the thing, thing to look about, thing to think about every day is, when we open the newspaper or the proverbial the proverbial virtual newspaper, I guess now, is there is such a prolific number of attacks. They are very, they are, you know, we're seeing news about it daily. We're seeing news about um, issues, impacts, ransomware attacks, um, almost on a daily thing, if not a weekly thing. So completely want to make sure that we keep doing our cybersecurity, keep the bad actors out. The, the challenge sometimes is, you know, as we're seeing the news, they get in and they cause trouble. And whether that's be external means or internal means, um, how do I protect myself and protect that data, which is, you know, either patient data or client data or, or really operational data that I need to run the business? How do I protect that and, and be able to recover? Because, you know, we also want to manage that other issue that, you know, the return to service after something like a cyber security event or a, a cyber threat can be as much as 23 days. So I need to find better ways to return to service and have protected my data because um, a lot of people can't be offline for, for 20 plus days. And that seems to be the industry average from some of the reports we're seeing. So data is very central to cyber resiliency. In that vein, is all data equal? 
I look at data and, and you know, when I'm working with people and working in environments, I don't always see all data being equal. I'll, I'll kind of give you an example that, that I've used before. You know, the stuff that is transactional, the stuff that I'm running my environment on, the business on, I, I look at, you know, I look at trying to do some classification around there. So I think of it in a couple of ways. One, there's the idea of what's the minimum viable company? What's the, the, the crown jewels I need to run my application? Now, whether that is the transactional workloads, if you think about like a financial services, or if it's a, you know, the, the trading environment for energy, um, or even, you know, patient data in hospitals, things like that. That kind of stuff that, that's built against a database and is quickly and constantly changing and, and runs the operations of the, the, the business or, the, or the, the shop for whatever industry it's in. I look at that as, as what's the most important. Now that's my minimum viable company. But I also have a lot of other important data, um, sometimes regulatory compliance data, um, sometimes just key to the heritage of the business that I want, to, want and need to protect but I might use a different technique. So when I start to classify those, I look for different techniques to protect the data and start to separate it out. So, you know, what's the what's the applications in the data that make up the, the minimum viable company for me? And then, you know, what are the other ones that I need to protect and keep? Um, you know, think of it an example of, you know, maybe in an energy company where I'm, I'm doing regular trading of energy. That's a high transaction database kind of workload. But then I'm also having to manage things like seismic data that I might have to keep for a very long time because of the environmental impact of that seismic data. How do I also maintain a, a view of that and keep that safe? But I don't think I'd use the same tools and techniques for the two of them. One is rapidly changing, one is very static. You know, one I need immediately to return to service in. One I, I could probably bring back from a different way of protecting it and have a day or two to do that and or longer and I, and I wouldn't see as massive an impact to the business. So I start to think about those kind of things of, you know, data is all important, but how do I use it? And then that maybe helps me think about where I wanna position my resiliency strategies for the different types of data that I've got and how they impact the business. Thank you. And please provide some insights into where to protect the data and where does backup or restore fits in? That's a really good question. There's a, there's a couple of ways we, we start to think about it. Um, I tend to look at ways to protect the data in, in a couple of different places. So, you know, I might build a, a you know, a, an on-production array, maybe a vault for lack of a better way to put it, um, protected area. So I might use these immutable copies on a protected um, or protected area inside the, the main storage system for that fast, quick recovery, that ability to do quick recovery on a production array, the best part of that is I don't have to, you know, I, I don't have to worry about trying to pull things from backup. So for that idea of that minimum viable company, I won't necessarily have to pull all the way from my backup environment. I can just be able to revert back from my production array. Now what that means is I wanna build a process around those copies as well. I wanna think about how I validate the data on, on those primary copies. And, and build the process around that. And once I've got that kind of figured out, uh, I also want to then think about how I maybe augment with automation. It starts to become a bit of a force multiplier in some ways, because if you think about it, you know, if I want to bring one workload back through this process, um, then that, that, you know, easy for a human to kind of do. You know, I take my immutable copy, you, 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 know, you build your environment, you mount that copy, you figure out what that application needs to be validated with, um, where the human wants to intercede, and then I, I wanna be able to revert it back into production. I'll, the idea of how do I get back faster than say that proverbial 23 days. 
But when I've got multiple workloads, you want to think about things like automation and being able to build things around that to become a bit of a, for, a force multiplier. Because you know, one workload's one thing. May only have a few LUNs, may only have one database. Multiple workloads all working in concert, you know, you want to get to the idea of eventually how do I build a process and automation around that so that I could bring multiple ones back ahead of time. Now the you know, if you can get there, the next step for a lot of people I'm working with is, is how do I do some of that proactively? So I've got copies on the shelf that are clean and valid and that I know that in the event of some sort of ransomware attack or, um, or data encryption or just data loss, I've got an immediate copy I could roll back to, pick up off the shelf and then push back into production. You still might want to have a human look at it, but you know, how do I have those copies proactively validated, kind of that end goal so that, you know, if something happens, I've got the immediate ability to revert back and be like, okay, I've got, you know, a clean copy from four hours ago, perfect, pull it right back off the shelf, bring it back into production, you know, have the human do whatever the human wants to do to, to validate, fastest rollback, then if I had to go and pull from my backups. Now, that's not saying don't do backups. I'm still saying we keep our backup environment, keep going um, for a couple of reasons. One, you know, that idea of the that on-box immutable copies, the way to protect the data locally in that kind of vaulted process where I'm, I'm validating data, maybe automating that, that proactive validation, then being able to return to service and attack. I've got that. But that's usually what I use for, say, things like a minimum viable company. What are the key core applications I need to be able to run the business? Still got all kinds of other data. And to that other, you know, example of, of I might have seismic data. I'm going to protect that a little bit differently. So if I'm, I'm going to think about how do I protect that data using a lot of my backup tools and maybe augment that with another, you know, data validation tooling, another scanning engine that might say, hey, I, I don't like the look of this data. How do I be able to bring that back into production as well? So on, on the backup side, I would be using that for probably a lot of my, the bulk amount of my normal workloads. I might even be doing a second level of inspection for that minimum viable company workload. So what you start to see is a bit of a, A, I've got my vault for my most important workloads. B, I've still got backups for everything, including those most important workloads. And I might be doing data validation in maybe two places. Start to build, build that idea of a pipeline out. But I also want those backups for a couple of reasons. One, you know, for those, those on-box arrays, those minimum viable company, I'm probably only making snapshots you know, four or five times a day, keeping them for a week maybe. Like I was talking about now, I still need long-term copies of everything. I still need capability to roll back in that normal, I lost a file, I deleted something. I still have that normal recovery structure that you want to be able to do and, and service through backup. And then if you think about it, I also want to be able to protect and keep long-term copies of that data because if for something happens on I don't know, like a software pipeline attack. We've all sort of seen, you know, that come up in the news the last couple of years. There's a couple of really high profile ones where, you know, software, you know, malicious code was embedded in software long before it actually delivered in an environment. So you still might need copies to be able to go back and look for to be able to protect against that. So you start to think about, I got to protect against two types of attack. One is the, that ransomware one that probably goes after the minimum viable company probably is only a few days to a week of when they get in, they deploy the ransomware and you're kind of fighting that fire to recover. That's the kind of thing I want those local immutable copies for. But also if there's things like those, you know, 
you know, malicious threat actors that might embed things in the software that might live in the environment for a longer term, different type of attack, that sort of software pipeline attack. I still need my backups to deal with that from a cyber resiliency point of view. And I still need my backups to deal with my normal things that I use backup for. Like I got to recover the data. Uh, you know, someone so-and-so deleted their file. So-and-so deleted a, a table in the database by mistake. Great. Let's revert back to an old copy. That's what those backups are for. Different from things like cyber resiliency, cyber resilient backup, cyber resilient copies, and, and still different from doing kind of date workload validation, workload inspection, either in the production environment or in the backup environment to make sure those copies are clean and make sure those copies haven't been victimized um, and haven't been you know, impacted with, with some sort of malicious code. Um, does that help along the way at all? Yes, definitely, very insightful. As we know, there are old and rudimentary attacks resulting in data losses. What's more pressing is the real-time concerns of ransomware hacks and breaches. Thank you for sharing the knowledge and security and solutions around safeguarding data with our audiences. Today with us, we had Christopher Walmer, Principal Worldwide Storage Technical Specialist, speaking on topics cyber and data resiliency. You are listening to the Machine Learning Podcast, What's Up With Technology, with Gautam Sivach and Jin Vensti. Keep supporting and please share. Thank you.